In today's podcast, Natalie talks with Ashley Lund. Ashley breaks down Natalie's side of the story of becoming a CEO at age 24. They talk about the why and what that looks like, the emotional baggage Natalie had to break through, and where Natalie's mission began. This is part one of a two-part segment. Stay subscribed for next week when we release part two, where they get into the details of what exactly Natalie's doing today for that mission. With that, enjoy the podcast. jump in we will probably have more people jump on but you had said it was six or seven years ago that we were coaching it wasn't that long ago was it 2012 right 2013 wow. am i My wrong no, i don't no, know I, I don't think so time just flies yeah i'm not really good at the whole time thing <laughs> <laughs> well let's start there so I, I have told our agents um yesterday during our sales meeting a little bit about you and that you basically grew the largest commercial brokerage that I'm aware of within Keller Williams. Give us just kind of that little part of the story and then we'll come forward. I will rewind a, a titch to when I had Ashley as, as my coach. So a few years back, I thought to myself, I really need a boss. You know, I am way too like footloose and fancy free. I can't hold myself accountable. Like I just knew myself. I am way too all over the place. And so I thought I need to hire a boss. And so most bosses get paid way more than a thousand dollars a month for coaching. And I thought, well, this to is be a- clear, I didn't get paid a thousand dollars a month. I was coaching with, with maps at the time. And that right. Um, but that's how much I was paying. Right. So I hired my boss, we start coaching and within probably the first few sessions, I remember telling you that I had a goal to be retired in two years. Do you remember that? Yep. Thank goodness she was so kind and she just said, okay, great. Like, let's find a way forward. Possible. You know, she just helped me figure out how to make calls, get out of my own head, take the activities. And from there, um, I just really started to show up at a bigger and bigger level. You know, my mom had unfortunately gotten ill at the time. So I was pretty much learning how to be a CEO, run a business, make cold calls, lead gen, all the things. Fire coach. Oh, it was so much looking back and Ashley coached me through it all. It's probably one of those annoying clients. I called her. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what do I do about this? And they're saying this. And she just not annoying at all. Well, it was a lot. And so we built a commercial team. We grew it because my mom was no longer in production. And then we started to grow a property management side of our company. So now we are the largest multifamily management company in Idaho. We manage 1,600 units and sell consistently around 20 to $30 million a year in commercial real estate. And then I did retire pretty much. How how long did that take you from the time you decided you wanted to, to actually being able to step out and do what you wanted to do? That was the key right there was that, you know, I had joined my family's business and it was great and it was a blessing and, and all of that. Yet I had always had my own vision, my own dreams, my own thoughts about what my life, how it could unfold and all of that. And so I think it was five years, which, you know, Gary Keller says that you can be anywhere anywhere you want to be. And it's true with determined focus. I had a singular goal and a very deep why, a very deep passion to why I was willing to take the actions necessary. And so fall let's on go my there. Feet. Okay. Let's go there. Cause that's also evolved. We did catch up a little bit a couple weeks ago and I am so excited for you to share 
that journey over the last couple of years because yet you've had that fire in your belly and the why for a long time. I think since you were a teenager, right? Oh yeah. And so that hasn't changed, but living it and how you're living it and really coming to terms with it, I think happened fairly recently. Oh yeah. Coming to terms with it has been very recently. Let me also interject at one point, And I think this was a couple of years ago, you went through the process and became a bold coach mm-hmm. taught several times and then just realized that wasn't fulfilling in the biggest way possible what you're really here to do. Exactly. I was coaching bold for a year and a half. I don't know how many locations I did. I feel like it was around maybe 20 locations or or something like that. Definitely hundreds and hundreds of students eventually had to follow the dream that I had had since I was a teenager and let go of the comfort zone and really say, let's go. And that was scary. Okay. So what's the dream? Well, it's definitely evolved, as you said. So when we first were coaching, you know, do you guys remember when you were teenagers? (laughs) Because it's getting harder and harder for me to remember that. Not that I'm like really, you know, that advanced in age, but I want you to kind of rewind and go back and really touch on when you were a teen and what was going on in your life. Maybe your parents were going through a divorce. Maybe you were struggling with your identity and how you fit into the world. Maybe you even had a friend become a drug addict or run away from home or things like that. So when I was the teenager. Wait a minute. Let's give context. How old are you now? I just turned 32 in March last month. (laughs) I'm not that advanced in age, Brian says. That's hilarious. I just don't quite know how to say that. You know, I don't want to call anybody old. It's advanced, advanced in the, in the aging process. So anyways, you know, when I was 13, I had lots of friends that were running away from home, contemplating suicide, struggling with self-harm identity and things like that. And my mom had given me this book. And if you have teenagers in your life in any capacity, I highly, highly recommend this book. It's seven habits of highly effective teens. And I was obsessed with this book. I achiever type of personality. And I put this little rubber band on my wrist and it was like, every time I had a negative thought, I snapped it, like conditioning my mind to be positive and all the things. And yet my friends were really, really struggling. A lot of them eating disorders in the whole nine yards. And I remember my mom and I were emptying the dishwasher and the, the book told me that if there's ever something in your life that you don't know how to handle or you don't know how to resolve, tell an adult. So... I want you to just imagine your 13 year old looks at you and she says, mom, my friends are struggling with this, 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 and this, you know, we need to do something, mom. We have to do something about this. We can't just let this happen. And I said, what should we do? Again, following the book, trying to get guidance from an adult, from a teenager. Early teenager. I think she looks at me like, uh, uh-oh, you know, can you imagine the pressure? And I mean, I can't, I'm like, holy I've got to be ready for when my son turns all of this on me, right? Because that's the danger of personal development that your kids will throw it in your face in the nicest way possible. And so uh, she's like, well, I don't know, Nat, you know, maybe you can call so-and-so and, and, you know, sit with them at the lunch table. And that was not good enough for me. I looked at her dead in the eyes and I said, mom, I said, does one of my friends have to die before an adult will listen? Like, what is it going to take? Wow. And she looked at me and she was kind of like, oh my gosh. And she's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? 
And I said, well, I don't know, maybe we could do an assembly or a camp or a retreat. Like we need to get people out of their day to day and we need to get people into a new environment where they can learn pretty much these principles that I was learning through this book and apply them to their life. And so we started a nonprofit and we started having camps and that's been going on for, well, I guess 13 to age 22. So however many years that is. And then I thought adults have everything figured out. You know, when you're an adult, <laughs> when you're an adult, all your problems are gone. You're not in high school anymore. You're not in junior high. So you don't have to deal with the bullies. You don't have to deal with the limiting beliefs. And I thought adults don't struggle with any of this stuff. You know, I remember a bold coach and friend of mine, Derek Shank. I don't know if you know him, but he, he said to me, he knew me. He knew about our camp and, and everything. And, and What's then now the name of the camp? tips. Thank you. So it's free. Now it's evolved. It used to be from ages 15 to 18. And we've actually evolved it 18 to 25. And the reason for that was because I can almost cry. It became so heart wrenching to have these teenagers have this like major breakthrough and this like um, awesome experience and then go right back into abusive situation with their family or neglect situation. It just became really, really challenging to be just, I'm just a very transparent person. We didn't have like social workers on staff or anything like that. So we thought, okay, if we can get 18 to 25, that's still in the range of, there's another book I read called The Defining Decade. That's still in their defining decade. And yet at that age bracket, that's when they're making decisions about who they're marrying, what kind of job they're spending their time at and who they're surrounding themselves with. And that's when they have more sovereignty to really say, no, mom and dad, I'm not going to put up with your drug addiction or your abuse and I'm moving out. And so, um, so that's why we switched it. So if anyone has an 18 to 25 year old, um, the camp is completely free. Are, are you still having it? Are you planning on it this year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's up in McCall, Idaho. So they just have to get here. Anyone that's interested, I guess they could just give their info to Ashley and she could pass it to me and I can make sure you get the absolutely the application. So Derek says, oh, you're going to become a bold coach. Oh, that's exciting. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And he says, well, what do you think is going to be different, you know, from coaching teenagers to young adults to then adult adults? And I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, hopefully, you know, they've just worked through all their baggage and we're ready to just get down to business and like make it happen. And he says, okay, well, yeah, let me know how that goes. <laughs> so then I'm coaching bold and I realize, oh, wow. Uh, even though these people that I'm around and myself included, we might be more advanced in age. We're still dealing with the same that we were dealing with when we were 16. And I was like, this is fascinating. And then I thought, and this was more on my own journey at the time because I was really, really, really resisting showing up as who I am at a deep way. And I didn't realize that that was all tied to baggage. Small little camp over here. We convince ourselves that we've moved through something and then 10 years later you go, oh, I didn't move. I somehow it's still attached. And what a crappy realization, <laughs> just to be honest. Yeah. Also, it can be that in one scenario, in one aspect, like me working with the teens and me doing the camp and me kind of making, being small, because I never really posted about it on social media. I never really told, you know, it was kind of, I had two worlds. 
I mean, how many people go to that? Anywhere from 40 to 100, depending on the year. Every year. So we're talking nine years now, many more. That's a lot of kids to influence. It is big. Well, I guess in my head it was it was small. <laughs> but I never showed people really what I was doing. I didn't post about it on social media. I, I didn't tell our real estate clients. I didn't tell our property management clients. I was really a disintegrated person. I had my heart and soul over here. And that was in this coaching and transformation. And then I had my business and my head and my, I, I want to say like my more masculine energy over here and my more like feminine energy over here. And I had different outlets for them and I wasn't integrated and that caused some major pain. So well, what did that look like? Well, it looked like hell. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, integration is, is really the key to healing and that's what I've found and keep on finding because there's always another level the training never stops the journey never ends when you're on a journey to mastering your own self which I believe that many of us are and that's why we're magnetized towards Keller Williams because it, it has with the great leaders we've had such as Mo and Mark Willis of the past it has and Ashley I mean of course you are right there and living with that integration or even the pursuit of that integration. We're not like, we've arrived, like, welcome. No would say what you, you're dead when you've arrived. Like we're, this whole process of becoming doesn't end until you depart. Absolutely, it's ever evolving. For me at the time, I didn't realize that my, my coping mechanism for my baggage, which I didn't, wasn't even aware that all this was tied until frankly, until I had this experience of, I'm not sure if you've heard of mental and emotional release, which is similar to timeline therapy. It's an NLP based therapy pretty much. And it's uh, from four to eight hours, depending on the person, because I'm a seeker, you know, I wanted to seek my own integration. I wanted to seek my own healing. And so I was going to stop at nothing in order to kind of get out of it. And so really what happened was I was noticing that I had this duality in my soul and in my being where masculine business achieving, no feeling, you know, cause that's what probably got me to be like 20 something and like call 75 year old real estate investors and be like, Hey, hire me. I had these two kind of duality and then here's my heart and here's my soul and here's my mission over here and completely separate. And I had a vision share it with you feel like we're vibing, like we get each other. So this is a little like weird, but for me, the weird is normal and the normal is weird. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm actually in bold at the time this happened. So I'm coaching bold and I'm coaching people through the, if you've been in bold, the future self visualization. So I'm walking people through this future self visualization. And as I'm doing this, I have this whole vision come to me. It's this vision of me and I'm kind of floating out in space and I have this cord of light tying me to this, basically what I would call source or my higher power, the divine. And I'm tied to this larger globe of light and this cord is tying me and I'm floating out. And what's happening is I'm getting further and further away from the globe and the cord is getting frayed. And then that was happening like in the present moment. And then I saw like a future Basically, if I continued on the path of being in this duality mode, then the fray 
completely broke off and I was just floating out there, not attached to source and not able to really be in connection with my higher power, the divine, my own soul, my mission. This is as you're there guiding other people through it. And now you've got this layer of your own process on it. Yes, exactly. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. <laughs> and so all I know, and who knows, because I wasn't reading the paper because I'm like, oh, I know that visualization. So who knows what kind of visualization I took these people through? Who really knows at the end of the day? All I know is when I opened my eyes, everyone was crying. I'm crying. And I don't share what happened with me because I didn't want to be like, guys, <laughs> you'll never believe what just happened. You yeah, know? they're there for them, right? Exactly. So then uh, I remember I come home and my husband, oh, my, my husband, my dear, dear husband. So I walk in the door, how did Bold go? And he's like, so sweet and everything. And I just start sobbing. And I'm like, I'm disconnected from my soul and I, I don't know how to heal. And like, I'm just like hyperventilating. He's like, my husband probably was thinking, uh. I don't like your mom probably felt at the dishwasher when you were 13. Well, it's a reoccurring theme. Yeah. If you want to hang with me, be prepared to go on a ride. <laughs> you know, he's stunned and everything's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. So then it was just, um, you know, a couple months after that, I touched rock bottom. I'm as real as they come and I touched rock bottom. I pulled into my garage one day from work and not from bold, but just from like my normal kind of working life. And this was June, 2018. And I thought, what if I just kept my car running and I closed my garage door? I can't continue like this. And I didn't know how. I sincerely didn't know how, but it just became so painful to exist anymore with this duality. And with- Did you felt that previously? Or was that the first time in your life you'd experienced that? Wow. I'd say at that level, yes, that was the first time at that level. I'd say I definitely had had many. Now I'm kind of like getting a Getting a little aha here. I'm like, I've had many, many times where my guides, I guess I would say, were tapping me on the shoulder and like, hey, Come back. better wake up, girl. <laughs> better pivot. And I was like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> I can't show up as who I am. So that touching rock bottom and really touching that surrender and that giving up feeling was so raw and it was so shocking. Because if you rewind and you remember that 13-year-old with the rubber band, it's like positive, yay, da -da 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 -da. which again is duality. Again, tell us duality, how- I'm also going to throw the word in there, contrast. Contrast. That's a big contrast between those two extremes. Yeah. Continuing on the journey, then I found MER, which is the mental and emotional release, a transformative process. I realized that my baggage was tied to, we're just going to go deep, was tied to- experience I had when I was 18 of being raped and then an experience when I was three of being molested as a kid that then made me feel not safe to be who I was in the world and made me feel like I had to create this other persona that could never be hurt. Because if it's just a persona, you can't F with my persona, but if it's my soul, then I'm vulnerable. And you're truly vulnerable. And so I let go of the negative emotions and limiting beliefs of the past on all the events in my past through the process and had complete freedom. I walked away from that session and I was like, I feel like new again. I'm like, I can smile. I can breathe. I don't have any baggage tied to what will people think of me and what will this and what will that? It was like a clean slate. So you went from June, 2018 to March, 2019 
in that seeking space. Yes. Probably not the brightest of spaces. No. And yet, like that, everything gets lifted. Yeah, MER is really powerful. It was fantastic, that whole experience. And then I was like, I've got to get certified in this. I've got to do this for other people. I was like, I've been searching my whole life for something that like works because I'm all about, I'm all about like that work. Don't waste my time with like BS. I don't want to know fluffy, wuffy, duffy sh Like t I want that works. That's just who I am. And so I'm like, give it to me. Like, if it works, I'll do it. I convinced my facilitator for the MER, I convinced him to train me. I said, I said, you're, you're doing a service to humanity. I was like, you need to train me because the other training was um, 10 days and that would have been 10 days away from my baby. And I thought to myself, this can't be that complicated. Just give it to me. And he said, yes, after much, he, and he couldn't believe he said yes. That was a funny thing. He's like, wait, did well, I just we, say We yes? had a, a question here. Tell us how you built your business from Kathy because that unreasonableness is there. She just doesn't take no for an answer. She will go and go and go until it's done. Part of it is also um, I really do not like the whole concept of the big why. So stressful. It's so stressful because to me, you know, it's like, what's your big why? And it's like if you don't have like saving kittens in like South Africa or something, I just feel like people judge you. And maybe that's just my, you know, recovering perfectionist side of me. To me, I figured out what my big why was. And everybody has one. And guess what it is? What? I'm going to just save you so much stress on this whole big why concept. Here's what it is. Your big why is not like one thing. It's not one sentence. It's not, oh, it's this camp for teens. That's not my big why. No, no, no. My big why is, I call it my ideal scenario. It is the life I'm able to live. It looks like it encompasses everything and it's a vision. And the vision is seriously down to what clothes am I wearing? What am I doing with my time day to day? Who are my friends? You know, who do I get to hang out with, chill with, talk with, collab with, create with? What am I doing for work and how am I getting paid? And so how many homes do I have? How much passive income am I generating from what different sources? That was really what caused me to take the actions that I did. Because for some innate reason, I was clear on that. From You always had clarity on that. Yeah. From even when we started working together. And that's why I was like, I want to be retired in two years. And I said, I want to spend 20% of my time on our business, which, you know, coaching, being a CEO and leading and casting the vision. And then 80% of my time, I want to spend it on the camp. At the time, that was as far as my vision had gone. And then, you know, since my huge breakthrough in 2019, March, you know, now I am coaching. I have 10 clients. I have a, I do daily mindset boosts where 30 minutes every day I train on some topic to help, you know, integrate and embody their own healing. You know, what I feel doesn't work is just giving people more and more strategy. It's like, oh my God, we already know. Like, stop. We know this from, from Diana and Bold, right? Be, do, have. And we yes. know we're so wired to go to the do and do yes. more and do more and do more. And that's why I believe we're all still that injured 15-year-old. And it, it takes a lot to grow past that because most of us aren't comfortable going to the be, mm -hmm. doing the work in the being part. That's what you do. That, and it's awesome. And, you know, having done, I think now 40 MER sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions with people, and just seeing 
ages 18 to 65 in that whole range and the amount of unresolved negative emotion and trauma that exists within humanity because that's just a microcosm these 40 sessions is what is causing it's the root cause of our collective suffering it's the root cause of our collective division divisiveness anger so once we think though it can also become the collective connection what do you mean the suffering yeah human condition right that there's not an adult that doesn't have some level of suffering and i believe we're all the same that hopefully we can all get to a place of releasing our damage at the same time that's where we can connect because we're all the same exactly into adulthood without some kind of damage and one of my mentors says this is what is most personal is most universal yeah that's good 